they're describing our wow factor, which means we've done our job right, that people know how we're different than these other nonprofits. And um, that's what, that when someone describes your nonprofit, they should, you should do such a good job of letting the public know what you're doing differently and how it's helping the community that that's how people should describe you. You're listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast, brought to you by KevKayat.com. Kev helps nonprofit leaders deliver more impact faster and easier, so they can be mission accomplished in 40 hours a week or less. For more information, visit KevKayat.com. Because good causes deserve better results. Now... Here is the host of Nonprofit Problem Solver, Kev Kayat. Hello, Kev Kayat here. Welcome to Nonprofit Problem Solver, brought to you by Yachtney, the virtual events platform 100% free to nonprofits, and PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Thanks for tuning in. Just to be clear, you are actually the Nonprofit Problem Solver. As host, my job is to extract from our guests the practical, tactical expertise that you can put straight into action. This is a recording of a live event hosted on the Yachtney platform. Did I mention it's 100% free to nonprofits? Find out more at y.yacht.me. That's W-H-Y dot Y-O-T dot M-E. Join me on these live events every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Register at yacht.me or nonprofitproblemsolver.com. You can find me, Kev Kayat, at kevkayat.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Join the Nonprofit Problem Solver Club on Clubhouse and the Nonprofit Problem Solver Facebook group to get all the latest practical, tactical advice on being the best nonprofit entrepreneur you can be. And check out my coaching programs at nonprofitentrepreneur.com. Okay, so you got your nonprofit mission and vision, and if you follow me anywhere else, you'll also know that you should have your impact statement. But what about your wow factor? Nonprofit founder and coach Katie Blomquist tells me how valuable it is to have not just a distinguishing feature for your nonprofit, but one that really grabs attention. Not a gimmick, but a genuine standout feature that comes from the core of your mission. If you don't have a wow factor, listen to Katie explain so you'll know how to create one for your nonprofit. And it is now episode 40 of the Nonprofit Problem Solver. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking about your wow factor uh, with Katie Blumquist. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. So let me just uh, firstly uh, thank uh, the virtual event platform Yachtney for hosting this platform week after week. Uh, it's 100% free to nonprofits, uh, no licenses, no contracts. A uh, great way to be hosting your uh virtual or uh, hybrid event, and also to uh, PodPro Audio, uh, who produces the podcast, uh, and who they make professional podcasting easy, of course. Well, certainly easy for me with their help. So, um, Katie, how are you? How are things going? Good. been really busy, um, but busy is good. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came to work in nonprofits. I know it's a, it's a great story. Sure. So I used to be a teacher at a low-income elementary school here in Charleston, South Carolina, and I taught first grade, and a little boy in my class named Jawan asked me for a bike on his birthday. He was a little kid that I would take out after school and on weekends. He was really unmotivated in class, and I just kept trying to 
connect with him and make him realize, you know, there's all this great stuff you can do in the world, but you have to get through school first if you want to do any of it. And so I started to take him, you know, to plays and to real restaurants where you have to sit and look at a person in the eye, you know, when you're ordering and just, you know, the music store where you can play instruments and just all this kind of stuff. So on his birthday, we were at Walmart and I was letting him pick out some gifts and the gift or was a bike and I was like $20 price range like teacher salary here um but I just kept thinking about it and asked other kids in my class if they had bikes and you know the general consensus was no so I thought how can I leave any kids out you know what about my kids from last year and the year before that and you know the other first graders and the other classrooms and so I just did a GoFundMe to get all 650 kids in my school a bike and that went truly, truly viral. I got to be a guest on the Steve Harvey show. He flew me out and he donated $20,000 on his show. And Lester Holt flew in a camera crew and it was his feel good story at the end of his show. ABC World News, Time Magazine, like Yahoo Top News, um, USA Today wrote about it like four times. I mean, like truly viral. Usher was talking wow. about it. It's wild. So I raised over $80,000 in three months, got all 650 kids in my school, a, a custom bike lock and helmet. And then I decided, you know, I've opened this door to this idea that joy is a piece of our social emotional health. It's a basic need too. you know, we talk, think of charities. We think about the typical charities of food, clothing, shelter, water. And like, those are all still super important and people should still donate to them. But we don't want to forget about the things that we take for granted that also affect what type of person we become. And whether or not you had joy as a child can truly affect what type of adult you've become because it's your social emotional health is part of your development. And just from, you know, collecting our post surveys from giving bikes out, families are reporting that they're spending more positive family quality time together. Their kids are interacting better with peers. Their kids are sleeping better. They're spending more time outside their behavior has shown improvement. It's and it's all from these bikes because it's it's a sense of ownership. It's so much more than what we think. So long story short, I left teaching and I founded my nonprofit going places and I've been running it full time for four years. That's great. I do want to come back to uh, to this notion of joy and connecting it to other yeah. things. So if I forget, remind me. Because uh, I think there's there's something quite uh, profound which is which is important and I'm sure relates to the uh, uh, title, uh, but in uh, full transparency, uh, you and I now uh, work together. Yes. <laughs> when when uh, we um, talked about uh, you coming on to the podcast, we, we we hadn't sort of reached that far. We we originally met um, in, in in a Facebook group, and I think in the comment section, and I can't remember exactly what the topic was. I do. We were um, talking about. We were talking about. I do remember um, board members <laughs> about about the executive, the founder's role on a board. And someone had uh, said, should, you know, I'm the founder and executive director, should I be on the board? And um, and you and I had differing opinions, but they were both correct. It, I was just thinking in the beginning stages and you were thinking in more developed stages. So, you know, the answer is yes, when it's brand new for the first few years. And then the answer is no, as it's developed <laughs> and you've been for a board. So we were both like, we have very unique perspectives here. Um, and we both, you know, like, let, let's, let's continue talking. And so that's 
that was the conversation. Yeah, we we were we were polite. We took it we took it offline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty sharp. So I, I I remember that. And then and then yeah, and then you told me all about going places. Um, but you also uh, coach, and you have a course, and you have uh, a presence online. Uh, so tell tell folks where they can find you online and what you offer. Of yeah. course, I know the answer to all of these right. questions, but <laughs> well, I had originally started off with a um, with an online course to because people were always asking me, you know, can I pick your brain? You know, how do I start a nonprofit? And it was just two hours of me just like spewing out information at like rapid fire speed that was unorganized, and they'd left feeling overwhelmed. So I was like, let me organize this. So I had started that during COVID, and it was great. And then you and I met, we're like you had your course, we're like, let's combine forces because now there's nobody we can't help, um, you know, with our, so we created not just a course, but a whole online academy. So called the Nonprofit Entrepreneur Academy, if anyone is interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to reach me, you can go to, it's Katie Blumquist LLC at Gmail. That's for my, any, um, you know, professional speaking or the online course for that stuff. Going Places stuff, it's katie at goingplacesnonprofit.org. And you can look at our website, it's goingplacesnonprofit.org. And that's in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, yeah? Yes. And where else do you like to hang out online? I know you're an active social media yeah, so, maven. Yes, I keep up with, I have like a bazillion social media accounts. Um, but you can follow Going Places, it's Go on Instagram, it's going underscore places underscore nonprofit. And on Facebook, it's going places nonprofit. Um, and then LinkedIn, my name is Katie Blumquist. You can also follow going places on LinkedIn, just under going places. Um, so those are the best ways to, you know, follow going places. And then for myself, it's just my name, Katie Blumquist um, on Facebook and um, Instagram. Excellent. And if you want to work with us or learn what we do uh, together, uh, it's the nonprofitentrepreneur.com. That's our nonprofit right, right. entrepreneur academy. There, a little plug there. Um, anyway, so uh, let's go back to this question. Um, I think it feeds into uh, the title that we're dealing with today, which is what's your wow factor? And, and you and I came up with this because um, I think you were planning to do your own podcast associated with, with the wow factor. Yes. And uh, one of the questions, of course, we always get, and you and I do a clubhouse room together, uh, and uh, we're, we're talking to a lot of nonprofit entrepreneurs, uh, and not just startups, people who've been at it for a while. And a common question, although it presents in several ways, is how do I either attract people to me that I want as donors or volunteers or board members or partners or even program participants, how do I bring people to me? Or the, from the, un, the, the inverse is, how do I get attention in this, you know, uh, high, high, uh, high information flow world where, you know, there's, there's, there's too much going on for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's a really vital question. But before we get to that, I, I want to just go back to what you were saying about how much more joy really is. Because I think there's a, a kernel here of your wow factor um, that, that, you know, maybe not obvious uh, to, to everyone. because you know, there's wow when you give away lots of bikes, right? It's, it's, it works at that level. Yeah. Um, but you know, as a, as, a, as a teacher, and I've got some background in K-12 uh, as well, where uh, social emotional learning is, is really important. And we, we, we do obviously want uh, kids and families to have the essentials of food, clothing, shelter. But then beyond that, in order to really grow and to be 
the learners we, we, we need to be in life, uh, there is the social and emotional dynamic to it. Um, so can you, can you talk a little bit more? Uh, I know you're trying to skate over it just in the introduction, but just talk a little bit more about uh, what you've seen, the, the impact of something as straightforward and tangible and concrete as a bike, and then this profound connection to uh, the social and emotional development of a child. Yeah, so with the bike, you know, initially, you know, oftentimes when I give presentations, um, people, I kind of feel like in, initially their reaction is, okay, well, the bike is nice, but there's more important things I should donate to. And I, and it's, you know, but then when I explain it, they completely change their tune. Like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. It's not just this toy. It's not the newest hover, you know, hoverboard or video game or whatever's like trending and cool that we're giving to kids. It's something, it's a classic memory that our great grandparents, you know, partook in. You see black and white photos of kids uh, on bikes and from bazillion years ago. And it's kind of this rite of passage. And, but with that comes your first, your first opportunity to have freedom and escape and independence as a kid. I mean, I think we all have that memory of riding our bike as fast as we can and feeling like, you know, this cool uh, independent adult, you know, when you're five riding down your street and for kids, you know, living in poverty, oftentimes when they get home from school, that's when their stress starts. Home is not, you know, a place of, you know, being predictable or not even always safe. You know, kids start showing, having been, used to, used to be a Title I teacher, kids would act up, um, get leaning, you know, getting closer to Christmas break or a long weekend because they had anxiety about, about having to be at home because it's not a, a predictable routine. And, um, you know, the bike gives them that freedom and escape, even if it's for a few hours. And it's something to own a value when oftentimes these kids don't even have a bed they can call their own. They have nothing that's truly theirs, a place to just go and be by themselves, decompress, or anything to be prideful over to you know, to, that's of any sort of value. A lot of stuff is hand-me-downs or they share it with other kids in the house. There's nothing that's really, you know, of value. And because our bikes are custom made, they're extra special. We put our logo on them, we name them, and we, we pick out the color. And every year the color and the name change. And so it's, it makes them feel special. They're not just, you know, the same bike, you know, maybe another kid down the street has from Walmart. And it's a sense of restored innocence when oftentimes that's been taken. So, you know, a lot of these kids have been through things, you know, you and I can never imagine and they're eight. And so having, you know, when I get on a bike as an adult, I instantly kind of feel like this kid again for a minute. You kind of ride around a few circles and, you, you know, and so to have a give a child that opportunity to actually feel like a kid, where a lot of times it's kids taking care of kids. It's the fifth grader making the meals and making sure the you know, seven-year-old is up to get on the bus in the morning. So it's just giving them the opportunity to have just that sense of a childhood again. So it's so much more. Once I explain that, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're right. And then it's the obvious of exercise, um, which I don't even talk about because it's the obvious. Um, you yeah. Know, yeah. For the social-emotional benefits of it. Um, so, yeah. So when, it's, that, it's, that, it's that gateways. It's basically, you know, facilitates the impact that you were talking about and you were reporting uh, parents telling you about uh, the, uh, 
um, ability of kids to have better relationships and have more attention. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's vital in, in their learning journey. Right. Yeah. And so, and because we don't, the big thing, you know, in going back to the wow factor part, the whole point of the wow factor is what are you doing different, not better, but different than other nonprofits similar to yours? Because no, no idea is a new idea. There's always going to be another nonprofit, another business, you know, a coffee, two coffee shops to, you know, there's always other similar, you know, products, companies out there. It's so it's and to me, nonprofit world, it shouldn't be a competition. I don't view it like a competition there's enough money out there to go around. We're all trying to, mm -hmm. you know, better our community. And so it's just, what are you doing different? That's going to get people's attention. And so, you know, in Charleston, there's two other nonprofits that provide bikes for kids. They're great people. I, I know them personally. Um, they do great work. We have similar missions, but way, the way we go about it is just different. So what makes us stand out is we don't just give to a couple kids here or there. Uh, we don't just give, you know, like to like, 10 kids at the school, 20 here. It's every single child in the entire low-income school. Because when 95% of the kids live below the poverty line, I, I can't, how could we pick just 10 in most? Right. They're all in need. And I'm not going to leave anybody out. So we give it, that's the wow factor. We're giving to 400, 600 kids at once. And our bikes are custom made. They're not just, you know, bikes from Walmart. Um, yeah, that would be probably a lot cheaper um, if we, you know, we got, we worked a deal with Walmart and we could probably get them for $50. But the wow factor, it's also a, a marketing thing. I mean, that's what, stand, what makes us stand out. And you're not going to remember seeing five kids ride down the street on some random Walmart bikes. But people text, text me years later, like, oh, my gosh, I just saw a kid on one of your bikes. They know what our bikes look like because they have our logo on them. It's a great way to offer sponsorship to companies and put their logo on them. And they stand out, and they're really cool. And those photos of seeing 600 bikes that are all a neon color, you know, neon green and white, you remember that. And that makes you say, oh, wow. And so it makes us stand out, and it makes the bike special. And so those are the things that we – you know, do to stand out against the others and it makes us really memorable. So when I, you know, am coaching people, the minute they start, you know, their nonprofit, I say research other nonprofits similar to yours in your area and what are they doing and what are you going to do that's going to be different and stand out? And so how do you articulate the wow factor for going places? Um, now that now that we know what it does and why you do yeah. it and how you do it and, and special, how well, do you capture that? Sort of like how I said, I say our bikes are custom new. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, custom new, new custom bikes, and we give them to every single child in the low income elementary school at once. So okay. those are kind of so the wow factor. Let me just unpack that a little bit. Um, the wow factor isn't a uh, slogan necessarily. No. It's not. Um, you know, just a, a you know clever play on words. It's 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 not like that sort of pure advertising or marketing approach. You're talking about a wow factor that's got some some depth and richness to it that you can that that is a conversation starter. That that you know it's about uh, it points to uh, who you are in terms of the your identity as an organization, uh, but also could be how you do it in terms of mm -hmm. in your case we're giving it to every kid in the school. 
uh, or you know whatever it is that that is different can be captured as part of your wow factor. Is that is that exactly? Fair? Yeah, it really needs to be a huge part of your nonprofit's identity and. Um, it needs to be talked about every single time you talk about your nonprofit. You need to, that needs to be part worked into your 30 second elevator pitch is, you know. So it's not a formula as such. Um, but on the other hand, it's really easy <laughs> if you can talk about, and I'm, I assume every founder, uh, executive director or leader, or even, you know, you would help board members to, uh, in a nonprofit can explain what's different or special about their nonprofit. And that's really what their wow factor is. It is. And, but the thing is most people, like there's a couple different, you know, homeless, um, charities in town and animal charities in town. And I know they're all great organizations, but I don't know what the difference between any of them is. And I feel like people as a donor, we should know what is the difference? Like, what do you do? What's your big thing that you're doing? It's different than the others. Like I said, it's not what makes you better. It's just different. You know, it's, you know, two different, like I said, two different coffee shops. Um, you want to know what's, you know, well, are they identical? Like what's different about them? Oh, this one offers pastries and this one offers, you know, a whole mm. breakfast menu, like just what's different. Um, so I think that that's a huge thing that a lot of nonprofits are missing um, in their marketing because that is what gets donors. They, people get excited about big things that, and they want to be part of it. They want to be part of something that they feel excited about. And when you say this is what we're doing different and you make it a big, it doesn't have to be big on the scale of like our big with we're giving 600 bikes, but make your, your difference a big deal. It, and people like to be part of that and right because it's exciting you know there's an energy behind a wow factor um and that's i think what really keeps the steam going with going places is the energy behind you know not just what we're doing but how we're doing it and what what's interesting about the the way that you've described it there is thinking like we should always do about who our audience is and, and how we say it so uh, like you were talking about in uh, in Charleston there, you've got a couple of different homelessness charities, a couple of different animal welfare charities, and they may understand amongst themselves as, mm -hmm. as practitioners and, and experts what the difference is, but, but us who are not experts can't, they, they, they look the same. Right. So it's, it's important to distinguish yourself in a way that, that people who are non-experts, lay people, anybody who might be coming across your, your media or uh, anyone in your community, anyone in your target group can understand. Yep, exactly. Um, I just think it's, it's a huge thing. A lot of nonprofits are, are missing. And I, you know, that's why when I start my podcast, I want, that's what it's going to be focusing on. And it's going to be called not just another nonprofit. And it's all about, you know, what is your wow factor? And so I want to interview people that run nonprofits all over the country and talk about, you know, what are you doing differently than others in, you know, in your area? And I think that will get a lot of other nonprofits thinking like, Oh my gosh, you know, we haven't really defined that. I, I don't know. How are we different and really make people rethink, you know, what, how they're marketing themselves. Yeah. I, I think that would be really, really useful. Uh, and, and will force some people to think uh, through, you know, what it is that they do, why it is that they do what they do. Cause you, you know, we, again, 
you mentioned homeless and animal welfare. We'll we'll, we'll pick on those two. Uh, <laughs> those do tug at the heartstrings. There's lots of uh, there's lots of work to be doing. Let's face mm-hmm. it. And so we we come across you and I lots of nonprofit entrepreneurs who are looking to uh, get into business in that area, but they don't necessarily have a a distinction um, that that will help them attract attention. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are huge undertakings, you know, topics and, and areas of need. So we need lots of, of nonprofits that focus on those because one can't help everybody. So we need lots of them, but they've, they can't all be doing the exact same thing. They, you know, I'm sure one of them focuses on, you know, rehabilitation and one on finding them jobs and one on, you know, places right. to sleep. And, you know, there's just, I'm sure they all have these different areas of focus, but as you know, a donor, maybe I feel more mostly passionate about the rehabilitation part, and so I should just automatically know. Oh well, then I then that that's this is the one I should be donating to. You know, it's just people feel more connected um, and inspired by different parts, and so I just think that if nonprofits are doing themselves a disservice by not really highlighting what they're doing, what what their big thing is. But it, it, I think again here you're. Uh, something to be missed uh so i want to draw some attention to it is this question of difference mm-hmm. so again we'll pick on we'll pick on uh, homelessness <laughs> so you're right there's lots of things you could do you could talk about uh, you know single night shelters getting people off the street dealing with substance misuse or or employment issues or uh you know trying to do more permanent accommodation there's there's so many different types of interventions and types of services just in just for the homeless um but the the point I think you're making in terms of difference and audience is that um, it's not just your area of focus. It's how you are different to others in your market mm-hmm. who your audience may also be coming across. Yes. So if you're in a community of potential donors, for example, or board members or or volunteers who are going to be faced with three organizations that all allegedly do similar thing you need to distinguish yourself from those other two for this particular audience. Right. And make whatever that difference is, is your wow factor. It your a wow factor is what makes you stand out. It, when I explain it to people, their reaction is always for me, it's, Oh wow. <laughs> you know, they literally say <laughs> it. And so yeah. <laughs> whatever you're doing differently, I want to hear some, you know, something that's, big about you got to really make it make it your thing you know make people even if it's something small make it a big make it big um and like i said it doesn't have to be in the numbers like the quantity like going places is with the you know every kid in the school is getting a bike but also the media they aren't going to just keep showing up to the same small thing they show they people need to be interested and it needs to ca- capture attention. It's got to get likes and shares. And so the media continuously comes to every single one of our bike reveals is continuously extremely impressive and it's always a little different. And so you, you if you want the media to continuously cover your nonprofit, you've got to have something that makes people say, wow, something that is shareable and that's going to get people talking. And so that's why, you know, national media has continued to cover going places year after year um, because it's it's something that is the average person isn't doing on this scale. And so it really 
creates that that buzz. And so within your own nonprofit, even if it doesn't have a large scale, like a, a large quantity of something, there's no reason why you can't create a big, big buzz behind it. But you don't want to be um, uh, like gimmicky with it, really, no. do you? I mean, you want to, you, you, I think, you know, um, it's important that it's not seen as just a, uh, a, a way of attracting attention for its own sake, oh, that cool. it's, it's got to be, you know, it's yeah, got it's to be mission yeah. directed. And, and yeah. I mean, if that's the case, your nonprofit's not going to last very long because people will catch on quickly and you'll get no donors. So right, you know, right. I think, you know, that all goes into how you speak about it and the genuine and the, the, the people can tell when you really care about it. But I mean, you got to be frank, though. You have to get attention if you're going to get donations. If no one knows you exist, no one's going to donate to you. So, you know, it is very important with your nonprofit to have a big media angle. Doesn't that doesn't change the um, the mission or the reason behind it or anything? Doesn't take away from the genuineness of the nonprofit. But you've got to get people talking. I mean, that's how you. That's how you get money coming in. Yeah, and what, and I mean, one one of the things I do love about this is the uh, is the tie to the entrepreneurial spirit and new ways of solving old problems. Uh, and uh, without doing a disservice to our sector, uh, you know, we have to accept that nonprofits, however much um, money they've they've raised uh, and in in from from grants and donations and what have you, the, the social problems we're trying to address still largely exist in, in many ways. We haven't we sort of got rid of them have we no. um so we we do need to continue to to innovate and to learn about ways of of doing things um and it doesn't mean that you innovate uh, or evolve away from something that seems to work but you you can you can grow and you need it seems to me that this idea of searching for a difference if you don't already have one or haven't been able to articulate it um offers the opportunity to really think through how can we address this problem in a way which perhaps hasn't been tried in, in our community before? Maybe it works in another community, but um, we haven't tried it here and we'll, we'll try it. But the idea that it's linked to innovation and yeah. can evolve over time, I think, is is also, that's true, right? You're not saying you have a wow factor and then that's stuck in, you know, fixed in stone for the next five or 10 years. Right. Yeah. And it's not just have a wow factor. The whole point of the wow factor isn't just to get the media attention. It's it's to be different. It's to do something. It's not, you don't want to reinvent the exact same wheel and repeat something that's already being done. You want something different, but that's what is going to make you stand out. So it all kind of goes hand in hand for sure. And, you know, think about an area that other nonprofits aren't touching. You know, for us, it's like we can reach so many more kids with our bikes by fundraising for whole schools. Instead of just 10 here, 20 here, we're able to get hundreds and hundreds, you know, thousands of kids every year, a new custom bike. And it hits all those areas of this, you know, freedom and escape, you know, sense of ownership, innocence. It, it hits all those areas. And think how many kids we're affecting. Think, you know, pe kids who never had talked about their families before, back when I was teaching, all of a sudden, once I got their bike, talked about their parents every weekend. What'd you do last weekend? Oh, my mom and dad and I took my bike to the to the park. So all of a sudden, it was creating family time that didn't exist. So, it, you know, because of our wow factor, it was thousands of families were experiencing these changes. Then instead of just a small amount, so 
when you know you're you haven't thought about oh gosh what are we doing different think well what could we be doing that no one else is doing like what area have are is not being addressed um that isn't that that needs to be addressed and that could be our wow factor that's what we'll be that's what we'll do that's different yeah and you want that difference you know as a nonprofit entrepreneur or social entrepreneur however you want to say it uh we, we want to address that that problem we want to create that fix in our community in a different way but we also want that fix to succeed you know we might have to yeah. try, it, try it a few times um and so you you found for example that the the whole school bike giveaway as a wow factor has been successful so you've gone from school to school but it's also allowed you to evolve your programming without losing sight of that original wow factor what what other things have you been able to do besides the bikes so we have four programs. We put all of our money in fundraising into the bikes. It's what I spend 97% of my time on. The other programs are more volunteer-led um, and they're product donation-based. So we actually today, after I'm done with you, I'm going and we're handing out what we call our bundles of joy. And they're gift bags full of fun activities for the families to enjoy together over summer to create positive family time. Because again, like I said, before like our bikes were creating time with families that they didn't have before a lot of families in poverty, they don't know how to spend positive time together. They don't have a car. Maybe they don't have money. They, they weren't, the parents themselves weren't raised in a family that did things together. And so they don't know what to do, but when you give them something, I find that they're, they're happy. They're thrilled to do it together. So these bags have different uh, card games, puzzles, books, chalk, um, Jenga, um, gosh, what else? They, you know, a bunch of fun activities, coloring books, things they can all do together. And so we have that. And then we also give out Halloween costumes. So we, people donate. Oh, and the bundles of joy, we just created an Amazon wish list, and people bought items off of that and sent it to oh, us. Right. Um, okay. And that was really easy for people to do. Um, our Halloween costumes, people donate, you know, your kid wears their costume once for two hours and then never again. And it sits in a closet in a bin that builds over the years. So people donate to us those costumes or they let their child pick out a new costume as they're picking out their own, you know, for one for themselves and one for a child that can't afford one. And we usually collect about a thousand of them and we put them on clothing racks and we go into the low income schools on the big dress up day and any kids not in costume get to come pick one out. And then we have a one where we surprise the whole, we partner with a local business and we surprise the whole staff. So not just teachers, but day porter, kitchen staff, front office. Um, and we surprise them with whatever their, this company's product is as a gift of joy. So it can be tickets to the, you know, local baseball team. It's new items of clothing. It's coffee. I mean, I've seen people actually cry over a cup of coffee. Because it is such high, high, high stress in these low-income yeah. schools. Yep. Um, I mean, I had a first grader bring a steak knife to school to stab somebody with. I mean, that's the level I'm talking about. Um, and we have to evacuate the classroom sometimes several times a day because kids were going so being so violent in it. So um, it's that level of stress. And just the littlest treat, I find, can really shift a person's day. So we also um, have that program. And then our, we're going to be launching probably next year Christmas trees. Wow. Okay. So what I love about all of them, um, they, they, 
I mean, just to hear you talk about it, they sound like, oh, duh, natural extensions to this original idea right. because they're so it's like a consistent theme. But you've created a model that um, sort of, you know, that, that exemplifies the wow factor that you can then use to create new programming. And I right. think that's, a, that's an amazing uh, advantage uh, if, you know, in, in order to uh, help expand programs if you needed to um, needed new ideas for a grant application, for example, uh, you know you you would have no difficulty coming up with something which is consistent uh, with the wow factor because it's again it just becomes part of your identity. That's right. But all of those things we don't really put any money into except for maybe you know the donation bins. You know we will get like lo um, like a low level sponsor. You know two hundred and fifty dollars to help with. Mm -hmm. So the donation boxes, they look like Toys for Tots boxes, but they have our big poster on them. We have 20 of them, like, all over town. Um, so, you know, we might get, we spend very little money, you know, a few hundred dollars on each program um, just for some basics. And, but it's, you know, I have volunteers and interns that pretty much help run those because my laser focus is fundraising for the bikes. That's what the we track paid on. These other things are just parts that, at add to our social emotional health and just basic joys a lot of these families don't have christmas trees so they would be you know um a fake tree in ornaments like things people could just donate and buy and give to us those aren't things we're going to actually fundraise for but they're really popular programs because everyone else these are all basic things we've all had our whole life and then when you someone tells you hey families don't have christmas trees like i have been in some of these homes and they have the most sad Charlie Brown type tree sitting on like a, a table and that's what they sit around on Christmas morning. They don't have like huge trees. And so as trees are expensive, I mean, really expensive. And so this is just a great way to help bring more joy into a family's home. And so, so I love the way that you've described from your own experience, how uh, important it's been from uh, lots of different elements uh, really associated with your programming and your purpose and the, the, the core function of your business. Uh, can you talk about uh, other ways in which the wow factor has been helpful? Has it helped you, for example, uh, attract volunteers or board members or, or other people to you and, and maybe even help with, with their onboarding uh, for, you know, on the day to volunteer? Yeah, you know, it's people there. No one stumbles over describing what going places does. It's, you know, everyone, they don't just say, oh, they give bikes. Everyone knows, you know, they give bikes to whole schools of kids or their bikes are all custom made. They look so cool. You know, they're, they're white and neon. Like they, people, everyone who knows of going places knows of those things. And so like I said, when something's big and exciting, people want to be part of big and exciting things because it's, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's inherently attractive. Yeah. If something seems yeah. done before it's, it doesn't have that desire when you're asking someone to give money and get nothing in return, except a good feeling, you got to really, you got to wow them. You, know, you, you need to impress them for them to shell out their hard-earned money. When you're asking someone to take off work or give up their precious free time on the weekend to come volunteer, and our work with volunteering is hard like labor. We're like building bikes. 
work loading semi trucks with huge bikes. Like it's a lot of work when you volunteer with us. And so we got to get them to want to be there. And so when they, you know, they're not just there to build like a couple bikes. They now, you know, it's super impressive to see this warehouse of 400, 600 bikes. They want to be part of that. And so, cause they know that this huge thing they got to help create. And, and so, yeah, I would definitely say our wow factor has really helped us with, you know, being on the news a lot. I was on the news yesterday, um, you know, on the news a lot, which is I'm super grateful for because they like there's always something new to talk about. And it's exciting. It's constantly exciting. And and how how formal do you make the, the wow factor? I'm, so I'm thinking, you know, for executive directors or board members, other nonprofit leaders listening to this and thinking, oh, OK. I can come up with a wow factor, right? So that, that bid's done. Now what do you do with it? You know, is it something that it goes on your website? Do you, do you, do you get your board approval? You know, these are all the practical questions that that people ask. We don't state our wow factor is it's just part of the conversation. Every time you talk about the nonprofit, it's, it's the obvious. It's what you see in every photo. When you see a picture of our bike reveals, you see the 600 bikes, you see, the, the custom colors. Um, every time I, I give my 30 second elevator pitch, I say, you know, it's whole schools. We're getting 400, 600 bikes. They're custom new bikes. You know, I, it's part of the natural language that always should come in the 30 second description of what you, you guys are doing. And so it's not, I'm not, no one knows I'm that's, our wow factor. They don't know it's what we call it. They just know that's who we are. So if you're right. wow factor, okay. gotcha. just who you are. So it's not, again, I think we said this uh, earlier, it's not a, a sort of a fixed marketing asset no. uh, as such. Um, uh, it's, it's informal, uh, almost internal terminology, no. uh, but it's important for uh, the leadership of a nonprofit to be familiar with it uh, so that they can articulate and 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 evolve their own wow factor, even if they don't necessarily, um, you know, they don't want to stamp it down like on a on a uh, as part of their logo, for example, or on their website, right. do they? Right. No, it's just it's part of who you are. It's that's really the best way to describe is it's it should be what people when people think about your nonprofit, that is what they should think about that's how they should describe you is they're describing your wow factor. When people say, Oh, have you heard of the nonprofit going places? Oh yeah. They're the ones that give bikes, the, those, those neon bikes to every kid in the school. Right. Like that's how people describe us. And so that's, they're describing our wow factor, which means we've done our job, right. That people know what, how we're different than these other nonprofits. And um, that's what that, when someone describes your nonprofit, they should, you should do such a good job of letting the public know what you're doing differently and how it's helping the community that that's how people should describe you. But you don't, but, but again, just to be pedantic about it, um, you're not putting necessarily, you're not necessarily putting those words there on the website and feeding them those words. Um, it is in my 30 second elevator pitch. Um, by say, I mean, I say, you know, we provide new custom bikes to every single child at once in the low income elementary schools and big surprise bike reveals. So we're giving 400, 600 at once. It is part of what I say because it right. is what we do. 
it is, I mean, that's what we do. There's really no other way to describe it without. So you can imagine, you could imagine, and we'll go, we'll go back to our homelessness example. Um, you know, you, you can imagine that, uh, if, if someone, you know, said, you know, we, you know, we get, uh, every person off the street and into a job in six months, you know, that's their, you know, that's their impact. That's their wow, their, their wow factor. They, they could, you know, you could, you could articulate something that, that became part of your identity, um, in that way. So it is, it is possible to think of it as something you sort of write down and adopt as, as who you are, mm-hmm. um, if it's helpful in getting the word out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's different than our mission. Our mission is to provide disadvantaged kids with their most basic childhood right, a right to joy. Um, but the wow factor is how we go about doing that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that's um, a key part uh, that we established right at the beginning that the, the, the way you do it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's the wow factor in a sense, sort of the how. Yeah. Uh, is. Almost, isn't it? It is. It's a big part of the how. I mean, for us, it definitely is. If it, you know, other, I, I can't really think, I guess, I mean, I'm sure there's some examples out there would be just a piece of it because not everything is on, like I said, the scale that we're doing it on. So the wow factor doesn't always have to be to the same scale. But yeah, it's that, it's, it is. It's a big part of how you're doing it differently. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's great. Well, we've run out of time. I knew it would go quickly. Yeah. Um, Um, so do you want to just remind folks, Katie, where people can find you online, um, if they want to get in contact with you and, uh, anything particularly that you've got on offer? Sure. So people can email me. It's Katie at goingplacesnonprofit.org. You can look at our website, goingplacesnonprofit.org, but our social media is always updated much quicker. So I always recommend going there first. Um, Instagram, it's going underscore places underscore nonprofit. In uh, Facebook, it's just going places nonprofit. You'll see our logo. Um, and uh, what was the last thing? Oh, if, oh, yeah. If you want to donate to us, we actually bike costs. They, I just was told this week have gone up, which stinks. Um, but bikes have been super popular during the pandemic. So I don't hate that. But it's just... Uh, you know, it's the name of the game and they change every few months. But right now for a new custom bike lock and helmet to donate um, to us, it's $125 and that gets the custom bike. We get a lock and a helmet with that. So if that's of something that is on your heart and you'd like to donate to that, um, we get our helmets at $6 and our locks at $4. So, you know, no amount is too small. $10 that just bought a lock and a helmet. So every amount truly, truly counts. Um, so feel free to donate. It's all tax deductible, obviously. And, um, we'd love to have you be part of, you know, spreading joy. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, uh, joining us. Good luck with your podcast. Uh, we'll be sure to, uh, promote it when it's, when it's available. (laughs) I know it's, I know it's been, uh, in plannings in in the works, uh, for some time. I know Um, Uh, it's uh, that my goal, my goal was by June, but I mean, in the past four weeks, we had a gala, had too many bike reveals our bundles of joy and I'm moving apartments. So that's, I've been really, really busy. So my goal is this summer, I'm going to get that up and going. And, and we did, we did, you know, in full transparency again, you and I did watch our joint Academy. Yeah. yeah. Nonprofit entrepreneur Academy, nonprofit entrepreneur.com. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been episode 40 of the nonprofit problem solver podcast. We're here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, that's 8 p.m. Pacific uh, here on uh, the Yachtme, the virtual events platform brought to you by 
by them and by Pod Pro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Problem Solver Podcast. My guest today was Katie Blomquist, who you should follow on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And check out our courses at nonprofitentrepreneur.com. This podcast has been expertly produced by Glenn Munoz at PodPro Audio, making professional podcasting easy. Go to podproaudio.com. You can join future conversations live by visiting nonprofitproblemsolver.com. Connect with Kev on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. For more information, visit kevkayat.com because good causes deserve better results.